0: Hey, this is Nicole Herring and you are listening to The Spark Series, a podcast dedicated to empowering women with inspiring stories and the kind of ideas that get the sparks flying. (laughs) My focus in life is to lead and support others in overcoming mediocrity so that we can all leverage our passion for a purpose. Get ready for the incredible wisdom of my guests, have a good laugh with us, and enjoy some deep thoughts and real connection. Because believe me, these are the kinds of meaningful conversations we've all been craving. Above all, we lead with authenticity. So hop up, have a 10-second dance party with me, and let's do it. Hey, 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 everyone. Okay, here we go. This is uh, number four of the four-part series, Emerge from the Fog. I'm really glad that you went through the four of these together. I hope you've downloaded your book and you've been going along and doing the work as I've been talking about this. And if you haven't, that's okay too. Maybe all you needed was to listen in and um, and have a little bit of inspiration through the podcast, and that's totally fine. But if you need the final nudge and the final reminder to go ahead and download your book, do it now. You can go to NicoleHerring.com and it's right up on there. Free book. You can find it. You enter in your name, your email address, bada bing, bada boom. The book is yours. So the last and final section of this four-part series is about nurturing your soul. So you'll have to go and read the book. I tell a little bit of a story about a time that I went to Costa Rica and uh, and it's fun and all. Um, nothing wrong with the story, but I, what I want to talk about today is just going to be a little bit different. Um, so I'm just going to start with the beginning. I think that one of the things that we get caught up on in nurturing your soul is um, feeling like you have to have, you know, everything all figured out. You have to. Everything has to be done. Um, for a specific reason, with a specific intention. like You have to understand everything that you do in advance. And I just want to say that like that, that actually comes from a place of fear. Um, and the fear of not taking action ends up overshadowing your excitement or the desire of what you really want. Because sometimes you feel like you don't know all the steps or you don't have everything together. Um, and when you don't know what you're doing, what you're going after – Um, usually what people do is just not take action at all. So there's something I want to talk about, which is called inspired action. And so every morning when um, I'm doing my visualizations or if I'm journaling or if I'm just reading or even listening to a podcast, um, I even actually, and I'll even back that up, even when I'm doing my Facebook scrolling and I'm mindlessly like losing hours of my life by scrolling on Facebook for no good darn reason, I actually always ask for inspiration. What is the message that I'm here to get? And sometimes I've even had it happen on Facebook where I've just said, like, there's something in here for me today. What am I supposed to get? And I will read other people's comments. I will go into Facebook groups. I will look for things that I feel compelled to, you know, that I have a reaction to, not necessarily a trigger, like not something that upsets me but just something that inspires me to then write, okay? And so when I do that, I'm taking inspired action after that happens and then I'll usually shut down my computer or turn my phone off or whatever, but then I take action on that thought and I'll go and write about it, I'll kind of reflect on it and see you know, like what like why did that thought inspire me or trigger me or whatever. And I ask, you know, what does that mean? And I've actually had it happen in numerous occasions where I then shared that content um, that I just wrote or whatever I journaled about in Facebook. Um, and it's it, it oftentimes, not sometimes, it oftentimes starts really powerful conversations a lot better than, than what I sit down and try to ask myself like, oh, what do I need to write today? Or what am I trying to share? Um, sometimes digging into my thoughts doesn't come up with the same love inspiration as the when I'm like looking to see how do I respond to what I'm reading in the world, um, and so like just in those situations it kind of creates a little bit of momentum, and usually I find that like the connections and the conversations that I have uh, really feel meant to be, and in fact one time I remember having um, a really powerful conversation on Facebook after I had read a bunch of stuff, wrote something. I thought it was like, wow, that was really good. I should probably, I should share that. And then, um, the conversation that I ended up having a woman who I haven't seen or talked to in, I don't know, eight years. I didn't even know she was still following me on Facebook, right? Like she just chimes in and, you know, it was just so good to hear from her and to see her. And then she was just like, I feel like that message was meant exactly for me today. And I was like, girl, it totally was. (laughs) I didn't know you needed it and you didn't know that you needed it, but something and someone else did. And so that's like what I feel is what happens is the miraculous of when you you know take inspired action, you go with that momentum and you let it unfold however it's supposed to. And then there ends up being a divine gift or a connection in the process. And then some kind of a miracle ends up coming out of it. And, uh, and I love that process. So the thing that I want to talk about, uh, that was actually a post that, um, somebody had written and I usually don't read things on the podcast, but I'm going to read this to you just because I thought it was so good. So someone in a group that I'm in asked a question, what does living on purpose mean to you? And a lot of people said that, um, it meant, uh, let's see, it means to be intentional with life decisions and goals To be aware, to be at cause, not effect, to be focused on values, not letting life pass them by, to create the life that they want, uh, not just let life happen. And honestly, those are all fine answers. I don't have a problem with them. I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I do think that it's more than that. And that was kind of what I was posting on Facebook is that for me to be living on purpose means actually leveraging my gifts and my talents and the things that I'm passionate about. Um, and it's more than just being intentional, which is, is part of it, right? Like you could intentionally say, I'm going to get up and have a good day, or I'm going to get up and do something fun, or I'm going to, you know, um, be of service or be creative or really try to, you know, connect intentionally with my kids, my family, my community, you know, my clients, whatever it is that you're trying to do, you can be intentional at the way you're creating those relationships. But for me, I need to know, this is my level of fulfillment of what I needed was what is my specific purpose like what do I feel called to do and how do I fulfill that calling? And so for me, that's what living on purpose is about And it's like you know you you're living on purpose, you're living with purpose and living for a purpose. And I think that all of those is different, right like living on purpose is like I am um, purposely uh, choosing, You know, a life where I can create a career and have uh, the best version of motherhood that I could possibly have and have a a great uh, marriage and connection with my husband. You know, I'm purposely creating a business that allows me all the flexibility and all of the um, uh, freedom that I want for both my motherhood and my marriage and my life, right? Uh, That's an on purpose thing with purpose means that, um, you know, I feel like I have been called to be creative, right? I love to write. I love taking photos. I love interior design. I love decorating. I love graphic design. You know, all of that with the, all of using all of those gifts and talents is then leveraging my career with the purpose of using the gifts and talents that I feel have been God given to me. I didn't make them up. I some things I obviously have nurtured over time, but living Uh, with that purpose is using the gifts that I've been given. And then uh, living for a purpose uh, at the, you know, like the last part of it is really just like, I I just want to be able to help support and encourage other women to also do the same for them. My purpose in pursuing my, you know, creative career and being um, a a woman who's leading with the example of what it looks like to um, leverage your passion, um, you know, for a purpose uh, and overcome mediocrity and just like take the basic version vanilla life <laughs> that uh, I don't really want to live and just like say, well, this is good enough. Like uh, My purpose of doing that is so that other women can then be inspired to do the same for their lives. And in some cases, I help them build their business, right? I inspire them, and I encourage them and I use my gifts by helping letting my creativity be of service to them in their business. Uh, There's that aspect. And then of course, there's the coaching aspect of the things that I do of like helping other women to create the boundaries and to create the dreams and to create the vision for themselves for what's possible for me and to move into that. And a lot of that process, you know, is um, requires self coaching, and so that's one thing that I teach. Whether you have a business or you don't, self coaching is the number one, most important thing that um, any human could possibly know. And it's just a matter of being able to really evaluate yourself, your life, your thoughts, your decisions, your actions, your behavior, your emotions, your triggers, like all of that, and taking all of that, and you, and and being able to be reflective and to look within, and uh, and to see, you know, where. Where are you um, not being in control of yourself or your life? And uh, how can you make that shift and change your circumstances, right? Um, or at least change your results. Maybe you can't always change your circumstances, but you can change the results. And by changing your results for today, you can absolutely change your circumstances for tomorrow. So that is the thing, is that the circumstance of what I want to create for my life is proof that it's possible for you to create different circumstances for you in your life. And so that's what I mean. I guess, uh, I'll kind of just go back and say it again, just a little bit slower (laughs) is that, um, you know, living on purpose means I'm creating a life and a motherhood that is just perfect for me. And I'm doing it with purpose by using my gifts and my talents to be of service, um, you know, to the world and for a purpose is to just create the example that what I can create for me is also something that you or someone else can create for themselves and just live in that, live in that light in my life as being the possibility. And, um, and uh, just knowing that good things come to those who are willing to change their results. You can always control your circumstances, but you can have different results no matter what circumstance you have in life. All of that's arbitrary. And that's what self-coaching is. And so I really love teaching that. I really love um, doing that. And I think that even what I learned as far as creating um, self-coaching processes and things that I've done in my motherhood It was a completely different animal when I started launching a business and like, oh, the mind drama that comes up from launching a business and um, putting something that you're creating out into the world. Like that was a whole nother round of things. And so self-coaching applies whether, like I said, if you're, you know, quote unquote, just a mom. Or if you are just an employee and you're not a mom and you're not an entrepreneur, like like this kind of um, self-coaching helps you to even improve the quality of life that you have no matter your job, your family status, your marital status, your career status, um, all of that. Self-coaching is for everyone. And so I love being able to make an impact in that way. And so one of the things that I love um, about the whole Nurture Your Soul, section four of the book is... The end, I talk about goal setting, and it kind of helps with that taking inspired action. Because once you, if you have already placed a goal that you want to have um, in your mind, like that's literally making the decision is part of it, but it's not really the whole thing. And so, I like to talk about something that I learned about maybe, I don't know, 15, 20, a long time ago. Gosh, could it have been 20 years ago? I'm like, how old was I when I took this class? I took a class a long, long time ago and they taught me something called the Merlin Method. Now, if you could probably Google it, I'm sure you'll find something on it. I've never actually Googled to see if it was a real thing, but the Merlin Method, I mean, somebody else has talked about it, right? It wasn't just this one time in this one class. Somebody else has talked about it, but the Merlin Method basically takes, you know, is taken from the Sword and the Stone. It was like a Disney movie from way back when. Who knows? Maybe it was a fable from before then. I'm not even sure. But I remember it as being a Disney movie from back in the day. And, um, you know, there's the, the boy who's like running through the forest and he's looking for, I don't know, I think it's like an arrow or something, right? Like his older brother who's like this big meathead. And he's like the strong and buff guy, but he's not super smart. And then the little brother is kind of like the scrawny... Uh, skinny boy who's like the go fetch and he's got to go fetch these arrows and while looking for an arrow he finds one that's kind of I think it's like in a tree or something like that so he's like pulling it out of a tree and in the process he tumbles and he falls and he goes through the roof of this wizard's little uh hut and he ends up falling right into the seat at the head of the table. I think it is at the head of the table. And the wizard was like, oh, you're right on time. You know, and he was like, what do you mean I'm right on time? Like, I don't even know who you are. Why am I supposed to be here? And he was like, well, I was expecting you. And he's like, how could you be expecting me? And he's like, well, I, I'm from the future and I work backwards. So I just think it's really interesting when you think about creating, you know, a goal for yourself. That It's fine. Having a goal is a good thing to create. But then the next step is putting it into the future, putting it into a calendar, adding a time, a date, you know, um, all of that kind of thing, like putting it, uh, creating a time and place for that goal to actually then create, and then working backwards from then and saying, okay, like if I was to put a 90 day goal, or even if you even if that feels really overwhelming to figure out how to plan something 90 days in advance, which is something that I teach, or there's a work, there's worksheets in the workbook for you to go as far out as 90 days. But if that feels overwhelming, then it's like, okay, well, like, what if, what's my goal for seven o'clock tonight, right? What are the seven things that I need to get done today so that, you know, maybe getting caught up on housework or getting caught up on a project for work, um, doing anything, right? Like if I needed to get certain things done by seven o'clock, how would I work backwards on my day to make sure that I get everything in? This is really what I think the problem is, is that most people create a to-do list and it's just kind of like this bullshit thing that you just like write all these things down, but you don't really assign a time and say, okay, well, that's like a 17-minute project, no problem. But what if something was like a five or a six-hour project, and um, they, you know, oh, sorry, I just got distracted. I'm like, somebody's driving outside, and it looks like they're uh, got a bunch of smoke coming out of the back of their truck. Anyway, um, and so anyway, so you have this massive to-do list of things that you need to do, and um, uh oh, I really lost my train of thought. And, uh, oh, yeah, but they're not really assigning a time to it, right? So it's like nothing, um, nothing like half the list is not even possible. So it's like you, you basically feel like a failure at the end of the day, even though, like, it wasn't really possible for you to accomplish everything. Um, but then you just have this, like, constant list running in the background. And for some people, it's really overwhelming for some people. It doesn't trigger them at all. They could have a constant list of things that they need to accomplish. Um, and you know, the fact that it, it's so a never-ending list. Doesn't bother them. I believe in calendaring everything, whether it's for the day, for the week, for the month. If you want to get things done, you have to assign a time to it and make sure that it happens within that time frame. Even if you create margins of time, and you know it doesn't have to be exactly at that hour, but you know that you've created time in your day that a 17-minute project and you know six other projects that take you know 20 to 30 minutes each. Like, is it possible to get all those done while taking care of three kids, while feeding them and doing normal stuff and responding to emails and blah, 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 right? So you can create a Merlin method of being like, okay, here's what I want to create for the end of the day. You could also create that method of calendaring out and even time blocking what you need to accomplish by the end of the week. And if you have a massive goal, you really need to be able to put that in time and place because otherwise it's just some... You know, abstract thing that you're hoping to accomplish and thing you want to create, and if you don't assign a deadline, it like it just continually gets pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Ask me how I know that, <laughs> right? Like I have lots and lots of things that I have like big ideas and visions on, but I don't really, you know, I did. There was like periods of time where I just didn't um, create deadlines for myself. And so surprise, things just never got done. And there's nothing wrong with having had that experience in the past, but it's like right now you officially, you know better. And so if you want to do better, you just have to put this into practice. And so, you know, putting together a 90-day goal and then working backwards, like are there specific milestones or, um, you know, things that you want to accomplish that need to be done in order for it to happen in a a, a normal sequence. And so I always take everything back to interior design just because it's one of my fashions and it's what I went to school with. But like at any point that you're renovating, let's say you're renovating a space, you would have to plan things out. Like, you know, when you're tearing down, tearing out the carpet, tearing out old flooring, you know, painting the walls, putting in new flooring, adding, I don't know, furniture, putting new lighting on the walls, like literally, Every single time, there's always a specific sequence in which you tear the room down and then you build it back up, you add the decorative elements, and it just would not make sense for you to put brand new floors in and then paint the room. I mean, sometimes that happens, but it's not the preferred way just because, you know, obviously if you're painting walls, you don't want to have to worry about destroying the floors. Those kind of mishaps mishaps happen. And so just like in, you know, having a specific sequence of events, of things that make sense, even when it comes to planning a wedding or, um, you know, like putting together – like having uh, uh, a bridal shower and then – You know, they have the the wedding itself and then people, you know, just like there's just a sequence of events of, you know, here's all the things that you get to do that lead up to the wedding that make so that planning for the wedding and having the bridal shower and everything go like just go really well. And it's a smooth experience it's the same thing for anything else in life. And I think that all too often people don't have goals, A, or if they do, they just don't really put a deadline on them and so they never really accomplish them. So I think that creating the Merlin method is the number one thing that's most important when it comes to living on purpose, right? And knowing then what are you going to create uh, along the way to su- that's always in support of what the biggest goal is or the lifelong dream. And so sometimes like... You don't even – sometimes I don't even know what it is I want to create. Like sometimes I just have an idea and I just say, man, I would really – I just want to get paid to be creative. Like I don't know what that means. Just let ideas come to me, right? So I can just take inspired action of just saying like I want to be able to get paid to be creative and, um, and then, you know, who knows – whatever different actions and things have always happened. But every single time that I've ever made a decision about something and then I've just asked to be led in that way, or I've asked to get inspired um, and I continually taking action, it's like this momentum just starts all on its own. And those divine connections and those gifts and like, you know, the people that you meet that you're like, I can't believe I just met you. I just, you know, um, had, I, I like had an idea that I needed something and then like somehow a month later, the exact person with that solution crosses my path. And if I hadn't been taking action, I would have never met them. But I didn't like I didn't seek them out. But they we our energies came together just because we both have the common, you know, the common energy or the common goal of me being somebody who needs something and them being the person who offers that solution. And the world brought us together. God brought us together. The universe brought us together. The Creator brought us together. You know, our spirits brought us together. Whatever word works for you, it just happens. And I believe that those divine connections, those divine gifts, always are given to those who are taking inspired action. So, um, and I'll even tell you one of those kind of fun examples. I was in Miami, and I was there for an event, and I, uh, you know, at the beginning of 2020, I. Declared myself as a brand photographer. Actually, I declared myself as a brand photographer at at the end of um, 2019. And, you know, like I made basically one post on Facebook and somebody saw that post and then said, Hey, I'm hosting a retreat. Would you want to come photograph it? And I was like, hell yes. (laughs) So that happened. And I was like, what? I just like, I just one post on Facebook. Like I really hadn't even marketed myself. And then it completely came true. And I was like, that's amazing. So then I end up going to this event and I'm like, I'm bringing my fancy camera, who knows? What's going to happen or, you know, whatever. And it turns out uh, a woman who I roomed with who I, I knew before, but I asked her and I'm like, have, do you have any interest in like, you know, getting a little mini shoot going? And she was like, oh my gosh, I totally want to do that. I'd love to make that investment in myself. Um, let's do it. So then I was like, okay, now I'm officially, in a, a you know, a brand photographer and I'm going to do my first brand shoot. Uh, in Miami. And then the very last day that I was there, and lots of other amazing things happened, I talked to several people. And in fact, if you listen to the podcast with Miriam a few podcasts ago, um, she was one of those divine, you know, connections that I made that I just like followed an inspiration to go and talk to her. And then it was like, yep, I'm going to know you for life. (laughs) We are meant to be friends. That is for sure. But um, anyway, so While I'm on this trip, the last day I had, I think it was like five or six hours before I had to head to the airport. So, you know, I grabbed my camera and as I was walking out and I was in uh, Miami Beach or South, where was I? What was it? Miami Beach, Uh, South Beach, Miami. I don't remember the name of the area. I think it's South Beach. Anyway, so as I'm walking out, I think to myself, I keep walking underneath this kind of, it looked like an, um like a arch of bougainvilleas, if you know what those are. They're like those really beautiful magenta um, crepey kind of looking flowers they are really delicate to kind of like have a – I don't know, a really interesting shape to them. Anyway, those are some of my most favorite flowers. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, gosh, I wish I had known someone I could take a picture underneath these bougainvilleas because they're just so beautiful. I'm like, oh, it would just be amazing. And But, you know, just on my way, walking, walking, no big deal. I walked here. I walked there. I took pictures a little bit. I got a great coffee. I sat on the beach. I just kind of enjoyed my day without you know, any real plan of action. And then I was like, you know what, I probably should get some lunch before I head back to the Airbnb and catch, you know, my Uber back to the airport. And so I go and I go to this place and I'm like, I'm a taco nacho fanatic. Chips and salsa is basically a staple of my diet. So I sit down, I go to this restaurant and I say, I'm going to get the nachos. So I order the nachos and uh, the nachos come. And I kid you not, it's like, it's on a sheet pan like a giant sheet pan this is enough nachos to feed at least three people maybe even four as actually just a meal like you don't it wouldn't it's not even like an appetizer size unless you were going to be there with like eight to ten people then it would be an appetizer for that would could help you know feed everyone a little bit it was massive and so I'm sitting here I'm like looking at this massive sheet pan of nachos and I'm like There is no way I'm going to be able to eat all this. But I get to it. I start eating. And what do you know? Like literally like five minutes later, this woman who's walking by herself – she kind of passes by my table. There's no one at this restaurant yet, right? I mean, I'm like eating at maybe 11:30 in the morning, so they're barely open for lunch. The lunch rush has not started. The streets are still pretty quiet, and so I'm the only one sitting at this restaurant. And this one woman who's all by herself, she walks up. She and I kind of make eye contact, but then she goes and she asks the server, "Can I, you know, uh, see the menu?" And she asks them a question, and I don't. She was talking to them about something, and I just like for whatever reason, I was like, I should offer her if she wants to eat some of my nachos. Like complete stranger, and so I do. I look at her and I go, okay, this is really weird. And you can totally say no, but I ordered these nachos, and it's just I cannot believe how many came on this tray. Like, are you hungry? Would you like to come and eat with me? And she kind of looked at me and could She was like, um, okay. And so she sits down and she's like. Thanks. This is crazy. And before I I mean her name is Crystal. And before you know it, we just get to talking. I find out that it's her birthday. And then she came to Miami to travel all by herself on her birthday. And I'm like, girl, we were supposed to meet because I love traveling alone. So of course, naturally I would be brought together with another solo traveler. And uh, and then I just said, Do you can I take your picture for your birthday? Like I have this nice camera. I'm still learning how to use it. Um, I would love to like, let's just go do a little mini photo shoot for your birthday. And she was like, totally game. She said, yes. And let's just be real for a second. She's a girl walking around the beach by herself at 1130 in the morning I have no idea if she's got on makeup. I don't really remember. Like she, I mean, it was just a normal like beach outfit. She could have been like, oh, I don't look good or oh, I'm not really right re-, like, you know, photograph ready or whatever, but she totally said yes. And I do not know that many women who would just say yes on a whim to just an impromptu photo shoot. Okay. She totally said yes. And I just said, there's these Bogan Vias and they're in this, you know, beautiful arch over across the way. And I just think, let's go over there, let's take some pictures. And we did. And we went somewhere else too. But it was just like, what? Literally three hours before I was saying, I wish I met somebody so that I could take a picture of them underneath these Vias. And lo and behold, um, the way that life just happened, taking inspired action and inviting someone to share a meal with me like just out of nowhere. And then finding we're really well connected as far as personalities. And you know, we had a lot to talk about. Um, We just had an immediate connection. I find out she's a published author. She has a book that she's published on Amazon. So I'm like, You know, of course, I'm self-published on Amazon. So we had that in common. And it was just, it was such a miraculous little event to come together with a complete stranger. And by the end of it, she's looking at me and I'm looking at her and I'm like, how fun that we just met. And she's like, I feel like I've known you forever. And we literally just met like 37 minutes before. So this is what I'm talking about. Merlin method. Sometimes it's putting a specific goal in place and making sure that you're creating it. And sometimes it's just making an announcement or, you know, a declaration of the world. Like I wish this happened. And then just kind of like detaching yourself from a specific outcome and just believing that if it's meant to be, it will happen. And if not, it's not, or the timing is just different. But um, you know, this is just like fun things that happen like that all the time. And so I would love for you to make sure that you're going through this book emerged from the fog, and that you've, you know, chosen, you know, gone through and talked about, um, oh, now I'm like forgetting, so let me grab my book so that I can make sure I'm saying it right, remembering that, you know, you are brilliant. And so sometimes you just have to, you know, decide to see, how can I create, um, you know, a life for myself? And what, like, how can I feel more enlightened? How can I love the life that I have? How can I let go of, you know, any guilt or reasons why I believe that going after a different version of life um, is selfish or is a bad thing. And then, you know, you go into the next part where you can kind of stand with courage and make those declarations of like what you feel in your heart and create a dream for yourself and look at, you know, what are the things that you love to do as a child and talk about how to create that life for yourself and how to use your gifts and your passion and leverage them, whether it's just for a passion project or career, it doesn't really matter. But like, don't let don't let your gifts be for nothing, right? Like, put them to good use. And maybe they're only for you to enjoy. And in that enjoyment, you're allowing your energy to be of service to the world by taking good care of you. That means you are available to be of good, you know, good um, service, good energy. Uh, maybe it's just, you know, being a better mom, a better employee, just being nice to the person at the grocery store. Like, you never know that how the better care you take of yourself, how you can just positively impact someone else in even small ways. And then, you know, really um, talking about having some intentions for your life and saying like, you know, I think I want to create something different and going for that. And then of course, in the end, nurturing your soul and just allowing yourself to um, make a plan and go for it and, and be living on purpose for a purpose and with purpose. So, I'm glad you were here. I hope this was helpful. Reach out. Send me a message. Um, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email. Send me a DM. Send me a PM. (laughs) Private message. Direct message. Email message. If you happen to know my phone number, send me a text message. I would love to just hear if you're uh, reading the book or going through the process um, and what your thoughts are and what you're learning about yourself and what you're learning about what you want from life. So thanks for being here, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening. Head on over to com to read the whole story. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all in there. Plus, you'll find links for Instagram, Facebook, and info on how you can rediscover your passion and reconnect with your soul, even if you're a mom. Emerge from the Fog is available on Amazon, so go check it out. In the meantime, have a dance party, take a walk, or take a nap. Because the secret to getting your mojo back in your motherhood is self-care. Your family deserves the best of everything, mama, including the best version of you.